This is the Living Fearless Today podcast, a show that helps men like you and me who are struggling to get unstuck and overcome fear to live confidently and courageously. I'm your host and transformation coach, Mike Forrester, helping you create the change you want now. Join me as I interview men who've conquered their challenges and soared to success as they spill their secrets on how they live fearless today. Well, hello and welcome back, my friend. Man, today I'm talking with David Hensel. And David just has an amazing story where it's like you're going to see that he has multiple businesses. He is like a serial entrepreneur. And despite the fact that you'll see like many people that just go in, get lost in it, David has kept more than the pulse. He's been fully involved like with his family, what they need, what he needs. And so I'm super excited to hear you share <laughs> to have you hear from him as he shares like what his journey has been like, the challenges that he's faced and how he's addressed them. Because, you know, you're going to see that this man, as much as he talks about happiness, does embody that. So with that, David, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me, Mike. My pleasure. Well, David, if we could, can we start out on where does life look like for you today on the business side of things? All right. So I have a portfolio of businesses that are mainly run by business partners or GMs. And um, I'm, I'd say I'm, I'm almost like a coach for, for the individual um, leadership teams to make sure they're, they're on track. I'm not involved in day to day other than uh, in two businesses, which are very close to my, uh, they're my passion projects. One is managing happiness, which is um, launching personal development clubs, helping people to figure out their personal mission, vision, and core values and the habits that they need to achieve their goals. And the other one was born out of this, which is UpCoach, which is a platform for coaches to have more impact, to scale themselves, to do group coaching, and to transform people's lives. And this is um, what I'm spending most of my time on. Time on. And yeah, I live in Bodrum, Turkey. Um, I've been doing this entrepreneurial game for a very long time. I never did anything else. I dropped out of school at age 15 and found the entrepreneurial path for me, which worked out pretty well. Um, and yeah, this is where I am today. Cool. What does life look like for you on the personal side of life? On the personal side, I'm married um, for, I'm together with my wife for 26 years. Uh, we met when we were 18. Uh, so I've been together for a very long time. And we have one daughter. She's eight years old and uh, a lot of fun. And um, we, we waited for a very long time before we had kids because I was always very focused on work. And so, like, eh, if we don't have kids till 35, maybe we'll adopt. Um, but I'm very happy with 34, my wife said like, Hey, let's, let's give it a shot. You know, let's see what comes out. And I'm very happy that we did because it's, it's people always say like, Oh my God, children like change your life. And la la. I always thought like, you know, you'd have to justify your kids to me, but it's, uh, it's actually, it's deeply ingrained in us. Like it, it brings so much happiness to, to, to have kids. And we live in bottom Turkey with uh, a lot of animals. My wife loves animals. Uh, so we have eight dogs, three donkeys, two cows, a horse, uh, 30 chicken like a bunch so we have like we live like on a, like you know like an elaborate petting zoo for my daughter basically here 
I'm like, you've got your own farm there. <laughs> Literally, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But And is that her passion? Like, is the animals, right? Your wife's passion? I mean, she 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 absolutely loves loves animals. Um, um, it's definitely one of her passions. She also rescues dogs and um, you know sends them to Germany. She also has a construction company building like tiny houses and A-frame houses, and we also building a micro hotel glamping place, uh, which we'll use for um, you know to rent out and also to to host retreats. This is like what what she's focusing on. Very cool. Yeah, you guys are both staying busy, but you're then both connected with each other. And that's where like a lot of people will use that as an excuse, but you guys are moving past that. I absolutely love that. Um, Can we jump back? You said you left home at at 15, right? I left school when I was 15. Or school, sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, You left school at 15. Like what led up to that? What was going on at that time? Um, so my, um, I went to 14 different schools. I never really fit in, you know, I was always like a trouble student. If I liked it, the, the teacher, I had like straight A's. If I didn't like the teacher, I had like, you know, F's or I didn't show up. Um, uh, my parents raised me without authority, so I could do whatever I wanted to do. They just like consulted with me. It's like, Hey, we think you should X, do X, Y, Z, but you make your own decisions. And, um, I was a real wild child. I smoked a pack of cigarettes a day when I was 12 already. And I drank alcohol around the same time. And, you know, also um, smoking a lot of uh, weed when I started to turn uh, when I was 15. So I was kind of lost, you know, and uh, then I went to the, um, in Germany, we have the Arbeitsamt, which is like the job center where you can kind of figure out like, what do you want to do with your life and which jobs are available? And I, and I read through all the jobs that were there and I thought, this is all horrible. I don't want to do any of this. And so I was kind of lost, didn't know what to do with my with my life. And um, a good friend of mine came to me and said like, hey man, you're good with computers. How about we start a business? So I'm like, yeah, sure. I have nothing else going on. Then I found entrepreneurship for me. And it was just like, ah, you know, like the, 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 the light at the end of the tunnel because I could do what I want to do. I didn't have to, you know, follow any, um, you know, I could act out of love and my interest. I hadn't, didn't have to act out of fear to learn something because the teacher said I have to learn this. Otherwise I get, you know, bad grades or whatever. So it's like, it was very liberating and worked out really well for me. Yeah. And so like when you, when you hit that moment and you're discovering like, Hey, this is entrepreneurship. I don't have to follow these other guidelines. Like, um, do you feel it changed your mindset or like how you saw life or was it solely directed towards business um, at that point? It was, I always see it as, I guess, play, you know, like if I, if I, you know, seeing, seeing business or everything I'm doing, I do it because I, I enjoy it. You know, love, not fear is like my, my, my personal mantra. We can get into this, how, how, how I came, came up with this. But um, I saw like something that I enjoy doing, you know, also like helping people, providing value to people, you know, solving their IT needs, you know, um, and it never really felt like work doing these these type of things, you know, just kind of like, because uh, if you, if you find something that you enjoy doing, you'll never work a minute in your life. So I guess this was kind of like what, what happened because I just, could just, yeah. That's cool. Now you did mention love, not fear, and you've got your shirt on for that. Um <laughs> There we go. What, well. 
What's that? There you <laughs> go. The sticker is a bunch of swag. Love, love of your swag. Can you share like the process of getting to that to to the tag and the saying of love not fear? Like, what was the process mm-hmm. of getting there? So I'm a recovering introvert after, you know, so kind of like fast forward, I um, had this IT business with my friend and then one of, um, uh, I ended up with an, an e-commerce business, which worked really well in Germany. And, uh, but I saw what was going on in the United States uh, with the startup world. And back then in Germany, in the early 2000s, there was just like no startup culture. And I kind of felt alone and lost and I wanted to, to go over there and, and participate there. So I sold my um, e-commerce business, which gave me the money to get my investor visa to move to the U.S. And um, there I started uh, co-founded the content delivery network called MaxCDN, which we started in 2009 and sold it in uh, like six years ago. So I had a really good exit. And um, when I came over, I, I I was really shy, you know, even though I've always been, you know, having my businesses, but kind of like I felt often very, very odd. I was uncomfortable on conference calls. So I was like, you know, was, was, um, you know, being introverted and shy. And then uh, I met a friend of mine who was at, we were at the conference and he was just crushing it with networking. And I saw how much fun he had doing this. And I saw how good this was for, for, for business. And I thought like, okay, I, I want this. And I thought, okay, how can I get to this point? So I did Toastmasters. For those of you who do not know Toastmasters, it's like public speaking clubs where you come together and you learn how to become a better public speaker. And I did this twice a week and I went to two networking events per week, just like talking to in LA, there was a lot going on. Uh, so always something to go to. And I talked to everybody and their mom to just like overcome this, this shyness. Right. And so this is kind of like what gave me the initial cue of like not being shy anymore, but the real switch flipped in my head when my yoga teacher said every decision in life, you either make it out of love or out of fear. And this was something I always knew deep down inside of me, but I could not articulate it. Now that she gave me this framework to articulate it, I applied this to everything in my life. For example, public speaking or being on a podcast. I would have never done this in a million years. You know, I would have preferred to shoot myself in the face versus speaking in front of a hundred people or something like this, you know, um, because I always acted out of fear, thinking, do they think I have a great German accent? Do they think I look great? Do they think what I'm saying is stupid? And I just, I could not give a good presentation, but if I present out of love, because I know what I can what I share here can help them in their life and their business, then I can just like rock a great presentation. Or sales, I used to hate sales with a passion because I always felt like a used car salesman, you know, pushing something down somebody else's throat. But if I sell out of love, because I know what I have here can help them in their life or in their business, I can even be pushing and say like, Mike, freaking buy this. It's going to be amazing. It's going to help you so much with the problems you have because I'm in, you know, I act out of love and I act out of um, enriching your life and you feel where I'm coming from. You're way more likely going to buy this thing for me if, if you feel that, hey, he really has my best interest at heart. Or uh, in, in marriage, my wife always asked me to do home improvement stuff around the house. Or like, you know, could you build this furniture piece that I just bought or hang up this picture? And I used to hate this with a passion um, because, you know, I actually preferred to do my taxes over this, but I always did it out of fear because I didn't want to have conflict with my wife, you know? So, and then when I do it out of fear, I hate the process of doing it. And um, the end result is also very subpar because if you do a task, not with love, then the result is just not good. And then I ended up having a fight with her afterwards because she's like very particular uh, how she likes things. And then, you know, like it was not up to her standards. And then, you know, we have a fight afterwards. And so afterwards, so nobody was, was winning, you know? So, but then um, now I, that I have this, this framework of love, not fear, 
I still start out of fear in this case because I really don't like doing it. But then I switch to love because I want to make my wife happy and I want to make our place nicer. And all of a sudden, I you know I enjoy the the process of of work and you know just like change everything or in, managing people. Maxian grew very fast, and we had um, you know I guess communication issues, internal communication issues with the you know one department did not know what the other one was doing. So I asked my assistant, please go to the department heads, get information on what they've completed this week and what they're going to do this week, compile it in a newsletter and send it out to, to the team. So let's send out this newsletter at 4 p.m. every Monday. And every time she gave me the draft, there was like so much to correct. It was like never good. So I sat her down in my office and said like, hey, you're doing this out of fear and not love. And she looked at me like, what do you want from me? What does this even mean? And I told her that if you would um, do this out of love, you'd do your best to really understand what each department head has to say. She was not super technical and we were a very technical company. So do your best to really understand what the CTO has to say uh, and all the other department heads and then compile it in newsletter that people really enjoy reading, you know, make it fun, make it that they get the information that they need. And if you do, you know, then you do it out of love. Otherwise you just do it out of fear because David said, this thing has to go out at 4 PM on Mondays. This is your motivation of doing it. And this really clicked with her. I never had to correct anything. And, and later on, we even had like a video newsletter where she was interviewing them and cutting it together. You know, so it's, um, it's. I could go on and on about you know the how you can apply this in different parts of your life. But yeah, absolutely revolutionized my life. Just like running everything to this filter of love and fear. And to to um, before I stop talking about this. Um, my emotions are the barometer, like, you know, kind of if, if I feel good about doing something, I, I lean in and I'm acting out of love. And if this doesn't feel good, I, you know, take a step back and reevaluate, like, why does it not feel good? Maybe you can change my mindset towards it and still do that of love. But yeah, this kind of like always the, um, the, the guideline. Yeah. So if your wife came to you and said, Hey, David, I need you to build a chicken coop. And you're like, oh my gosh, I have all these other things going on. If you're starting out from fear, how are you setting yourself up to move into love? Like, are you um, thinking certain thoughts? Are you just doing like an assessment? How, how are you moving through that? So I can then go like, oh my gosh, my wife has asked me to, you know, clean the garage. And that's the last thing I want to do. I want to go out with the guys and play golf, you know, um, which I don't play golf well. So, but <laughs> just as an example, you know, how can I then transfer or move my mindset as well from uh, fear into love? Like, how do you, how do you go about that process yourself? I mean, first, first of all, uh, you know, kind of like if, if something doesn't feel right, as I mentioned, okay, like take a step back and reevaluate and, and plan and like be solution oriented and fi find a solution, you know, like how can we make sure this, this gets done? Like, can I outsource it? Can I hire somebody? Can I, even if I don't do it now, can I tell my wife to, okay, I, I have this important project going on right now. Can we do this later? But also like putting it on a to-do list. So you do not forget about this. Cause like, that's, you know, it, it's fine uh, when you, um, you know, do something not right now, but you got to live up to it. You know, I think A players don't drop the ball. You know, I never want to be in a position where they say like, oopsie, I forgot about this. This is unacceptable. You know, I'm, I'm, I can deliberately not do things, but I want to do it mindful, you know? So, um, and if you promise something to your wife, you better live up to it. And uh, in, um, you know, having all these different businesses uh, and I think what I'm really good at is, um organizational development so or like how to set up businesses like 
machines so they run by themselves so i can just like take take a step back and watch it run so for example uh, and this also applies for my my personal life so i like to automate things so we have a uh, a full-time gardener and handyman who does things like this so i do not because also moving here and also like it's it's negotiation and communication with your wife so my i'm I'm more of a city person i would prefer to live in a loft and you know we live on this like big piece of land with with this little farm and this makes my wife happy but i told like hey it does not make me happy to dig up things or build chickens it's just like not my cup of tea and also like from a you know dollar how much i can make if i work on the things that i enjoy doing you know how much money i make with with one hour of my time we can pay the the gardener here in turkey where wages are very low uh for a, a long time you know so it kind of made her understand that even though she sometimes sees it as, as acts of of love like you know if you're familiar with the love languages thing you know that i do something for her that she understands that this it's, it's a better use of my time and resources to set it up in a way that she has somebody that's really good at doing these things so it, it's just all about it you know so can i think a good manager always manages himself out of the things that um you don't enjoy doing like where you're not in your in your zone of genius and um just find people that 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 do the rest you know and then i can just like spend more quality time with my wife and just do fun stuff with her and my daughter versus building chicken hoops which i do not enjoy <laughs> Yeah, I understand that. That's not my sweet spot either. <laughs> I can hack it, but uh, yeah, it's not going to be the best. F- funny enough, actually, um, our our gardener built a chicken coop like maybe a month ago. So we have, we have 35 chicken. You know? so <laughs> very applicable example. My wife didn't even ask because I had this system in place already that, you know, we have a guy who does this. Yeah, I kind of imagined with having, having the 35 chickens, I'm like, you got to have some place for them to roost and, you know, be so... Um, yeah. Well, can we step back in when, when you were coming to the U S like you said, Hey, I'm, I'm an introvert. You know, you see your friend that he's, he's an extrovert, right? He's working the crowd and, and getting to know and connect with people. How did things progress from there? As far as, um, you going, okay, I'm an introvert. I'm going to go to Toastmasters. Um, like, how did you see things changing for you um, as you're as you're moving into that area and and stepping into being more open and and involved and engaging with people? How did things kind of change for you there? I mean, it's almost like having black and white TV and then you know color TV with all this around. You know, like life's way much way more fun when you. Um, you know, people are awesome. I love people and I love interacting with people and I love providing value to people. It's like something that I really enjoy. Um, also, like small talk. You know, I used to never talk to strangers like the person sitting next to me on the flight because I always thought like, ah, eh, they probably want to just like chill and, you know, like, or when it's an attractive woman, like I'll not talk to her because she may think I'm hitting on her even though it's not the case, you know? Uh, so kind of always like being, being fear-based. But now I think like, hey, there's another human being. Let's see how I can provide value to this person. And I just like, you know, chat with them and i have you know like my my areas of expertise so i kind of always ask some questions to kind of get the hook and to see if there's some some way that i can provide value to them like you know if they have a business like in organization development or marketing or personal development you know like my, my tool belt of of skills that i have and you know and this has been working wonders in terms of 
um, uh, connecting with people, also being like super vulnerable and just like, you know, I'm not talking about like, oh, the weather's great today in LA, you know, like just like, you know, who, who needs this? No, it's just like be vulnerable, go deep and talk about stuff that matters. And then you can become very close, fast with and, and, and friends with people. And this has, you know, I have like a, I network a lot. I have like a giant list of, um, uh, you know, good, good, good friends. Um, so, um, and, and like a very large business network. And I consider them all, all friends because, you know, it's um, people that I enjoy being around with. And, you know, I, I like, I like to systematize things. I have this um, personal CRM, which is amazing. It's called getdex, getdex.com, D-E-X. Um, and it uh, makes the networking piece um, uh, very flawless. So in case you're into networking, check out this tool, you'll, you'll, you'll get a kick out of it. It's like, if you've got to go through the process, it might as well be smooth and easy, right? Instead of being cumbersome and hard. Yeah. It's, you know, I like building systems. You know, I also random thing. I have a condition called aphantasia, which um, I cannot create images in my head. So when I close my eyes and I think of an apple on my daughter's face, I cannot see anything. So it's always black in my mind, which has, you know, a few interesting side effects for example i also cannot relive sounds tastes smells or emotions so i cannot if i think of a bad thing that happened in the past i cannot get no negative emotions come up for me you know for example my daughter when my father died when i was 12 i um it took me a few hours to get over it saying you know it's nobody's fault it's nothing i can do with this or this i'll just move on um so it's it's also entrepreneurial life, you know, because you always have to deal with problems, you know, and the entrepreneurial roller coaster of like, yay, oh no, yay, oh no, um, is 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 very easy for me to 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 go through, you know. So I guess, um, yeah, just random. Gotcha. Side note. But but what's interesting is, despite that, like you're still communicating and bridging and having empathy with your wife and your, you know, your daughter, you're not stepping out and just going, Hey, I have this, I can't do anything about it. Um, so I think that's really interesting that it's like, you're still engaged, you're still active and, and focused on the moment. Um, even though there's, you know, this hurdle that long-term, Hey, I'm not going to be able to come back to this with the emotion. So, um, I'm, I also don't have, I don't feel empathy, which sounds like super sociopathic, but I have really? deep logical empathy, you know? Okay. So like it's everything in my, in, everything in my mind is just like logical concepts, uh, you know? So uh, for example, my, uh, one of our dogs just passed away and I had her for like 15 years. She was kind of my dog. I, I took her to the office every day. The French bulldogs. We moved with her from Germany to the U S and then and to Turkey. And I was on a business trip in, in the U S and, my wife had to put it down and I'm, I was talking to my wife and this was like, I found out about aphantasia maybe a year ago that I have this, you know, like explained a lot of things once, once I found out and I was um, talking to my wife and my wife was bawling and, you know, like I uh, was really destroyed and my dog just died. And the crazy thing is I felt nothing, you know, which sounds super, super crazy, but I have, you know, deep logical empathy. So I thought, okay, what can I do to fix this? You know, so it's always come out my mind said, oh, my, my wife went through breast cancer and not on what she's doing fine today, but the doctor told me first and I had like this unpleasant feeling in my stomach for like two seconds. And I immediately went to like up to, to my head. Okay. This really sucks. I accept it. How can we fix this now? 
mm-hmm. you know, kind of like the serenity prayer. You know, the serenity prayer. It's like, you know, God give me the serenity to accept things I cannot change, the power to change things I can, the wisdom to know which ones which. I think this is deeply ingrained in me to just go like, okay, this really sucks. Like, how, but how, what can we do to to impact it positively? So, in, in the case with the dog passing, where I just like connected with all friends who are close with my wife and also were close with the dog and to call her so she like emotional support, you know, but it's, it's definitely weird. Um, Hey, I'm David. I'm weird. You know, just found out like what, <laughs> what, what, what makes me extra weird. You know? I think Except we all have that weird component though. It's like, <laughs> this is not necessarily the same weird, but it's like, we all have that uniqueness. You know what I mean? It's like, um, like you just found, found out a year ago, right? I was 40 years old and found out because my children were getting assessed that I have dyslexia and it was like, Mm. Oh, this makes so much sense. You, you know, you can reflect back on the past and go now the dots are, you know, are are aligning. Yeah. And otherwise it's like, well, that's just weird. Whatever. Okay. I don't get it. (laughs) But but in, uh, you know, getting them assessed, then it was like, Oh yeah, it's you. What do you mean it's me? What are you talking about? I've gone through school. I'm 40 years old. Yeah, it's you. <laughs> a high percent of uh, entrepreneurs have it, actually. Very high percentage of entrepreneurs. Yeah. My business partner, um, Todd Herman, do you know Todd? He wrote The Alter Ego Effect. No. Did you hear about The Alter Ego Effect? It's like some New York Times bestseller book. He's a coach for 20-some years and uh, sold two coaching businesses before, and he also has it. Yeah. Does he really? It's, okay. It's, yeah. Yeah, my, my wife, because we have two of our four children that have it, um, and then one also has dysgraphia and dyscalculia, she ended up homeschooling them, or and she was at that time. And then so when they have moved out, you know, they all became adults and graduated. She went into remediation or in essence, you know, coaching uh, young children. Hey, this is, this is how you can uh, work around... Hmm. what's finding the crutches yeah yeah so she coaches them through that stuff and i'm just like hey whoever thought i'd be your pet you know pet project (laughs) (laughs) to help you with this so um yeah fully get that but yeah there's a high percentage but i think this is what what it's about like it, it you know we all have our challenges you know like everybody has it right and just it's all about like accepting or like seeing or knowing yourself and then finding the crutches to work, work, work around these things. Or for example, I'm not super good with numbers. I'm okay, but I don't get any enjoyment out of it. So I have business partners who are like super nerds with numbers. So like, you know, and they take care of, of these parts, you know? So I think it's all about knowing yourself and finding the, yeah, the crutches to, to, to fix the things that you're not good at, or like, you know, find some, some workarounds, as you said. Yeah. Absolutely. Not letting them be the pit that you stay in and just, you know. And also a friend of mine at at Toastmasters, he gave a speech and he said, we all have to go through fire and we have to decide, are we wood or are we precious metal? If we're wood, we burn down to ashes. If we're precious metal, we get refined. You know, like if you put gold gold into fire, like gets refined, gets the impurities out. So all the tough stuff that we go through is just, you know, can, can teach us so much um to you know just get better at at what we're doing and um if you have this view on it then these these tough things that you go through they will destroy your worst like you know being the 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 wood mindset like you burn out the ash like oh poor me like what has happened to me blah like no accept it and see what can you learn from because there's always some blessing in 
in all the, the the tough things that you go through. If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Yeah, that's yeah. No, it's very very true. What you focus on and how you see them is is going to set the tone there. Um, you had mentioned about your wife having uh, breast cancer. Can we go back to that and kind of where you were at that time uh, and then how things moved along from that point? Um, so we, this was like a year after, it was like actually quite crazy time. So, so also part of the, the toughest time we went through, um, business was going really well um, at this time. And um then my daughter was born, our daughter was born. And uh, then all of you have kids, like once, once a kid comes into the play, it, things become, you know, it's kind of like throwing a wrench into your productivity, you know? And so, so this happened in two weeks after my daughter was born, my mother passed away, which really sucked because she was like re- really an amazing person. Then my wife had very severe abdominal pains from after giving birth. Like nobody knew what was coming from. And she like took a ton of painkillers and like nothing helped. And she had a surgery, didn't fix it, had another surgery and then finally fixed it. Then two weeks after this, my grandma passed away. So it was like this crazy storm of, yeah, not good things in, in my life or in our life. And uh, a friend of mine came to me and said like, Hey man, how can you run around, be productive and still be in a good mood with all this crazy stuff going on in your life? And I said like, I have no idea. And I said like, please think about this. And um I thought long and hard about this. And I think it's two things like AD serenity prayer, like the acceptance piece. I'm really good at accepting, which probably also has to do with, with the aphantasia part, you know, it's just like accepting and being logical. And the second thing is gratitude. Um, I, I have this gratitude rock that I pick up every morning for like, I don't know, 15 years already. And I go through the things I'm grateful for. Uh, and this makes you see all the beauty that you have in your life, you know, because we tend to only focus on the negative parts of, you know, also kind of go back, going back to the, um, out of being out of wood or precious metal, um, if you for, if you get into this thirty thousand foot view, like hey, all this beauty is here, like so much good stuff is here actually, and then like we have like this problem that we're dealing with because often six months from now we can't even remember the big problem of the day that you dealt with, you know, because like it's kind of just dust in the wind in the grand scheme of things. I can do this for a very long time, and I think this is like something that really helped me to to go through um, the tough the tough times um, and, you know, to kind of complete this at the, it's also part of the managing happiness course. Um, keep this, keeping the stone in my pocket. Sometimes when I get stressed, I feel the stone just brings me back to like, Hey man, what, what are you stressing out about? You know, it's like, it's, it's life is beautiful. And we just kind of like plow through this issue as well. And at the end of the day, I take out the stone and I go through the things that went great this day. Cause often you had like, you know, an amazing productive morning, everything's great. And at 5 PM, you have an unpleasant conversation with, a customer, business partner, employee, or with your spouse. And you think like, oh my God, everything sucks, but it does not. There was like so much good stuff. And kind of just make me focus on this. This always helped me to go through the emotional roller coaster of life and, and, and of business. And um, I think the, my wife was very close to my mom, kind of like full circle coming back to your initial question. My wife was very close to my mom and it was really hard for her that my mom passed away. Um, and then the stress of like, um, you know, the stressful time of our, of our life and, you know, taking care of our daughter. Uh, I think this was like something that caused this, this in her, this is why, you know, nobody knows where things coming from, but I think this is part of the reason why, why she had this. Gotcha. So you, at that point, when you found out, like 
your wife has breast cancer. You guys then made some decisions as far as how you were going to approach life, what was going to go on, where you guys were going to be. How did things progress from there? It was like a big wake up moment for me. Um, I imagined myself uh, logically, not visually, because I can't imagine anything visually. Uh, on my deathbed, looking back at my life, thinking, did I do what I was supposed to do? Did I have the impact that I wanted to have? And it was like a really big wake up moment for me and also make me think like, hey, is this business really doing, you know, I always want to have big impact, positive impact in the world. And um, Max again was cool and all, was like great culture, but it did not have a big enough impact in in my view back then. So I, I decided with my business partners that we're going to sell it. And I was like thinking long and hard about like, what can I do to have more impact? And I started a managing happiness course because this was like one way of, of having impact and helping people. And then I read this book called Conscious Capitalism by John Mackey, the founder of Whole Foods. And this was like a big light bulb moment for me because the, the book, the idea is the old way of doing business is you have to increase shareholders value. You have to make the owners of the business rich. This is why business exists. And the conscious way is you do good by all stakeholders, meaning suppliers, customers, employees, the planet, like everybody that's connected to the business. And if you do this, then a business is the best vehicle to have a positive impact. It's like, yay, I can go back to business, my muscle memory, and just like, you know, um, and this is also why I picked outsourcing. We have a few outsourcing businesses, like business BPOs, business process outsourcing, to provide as many people as possible a great place to work, you know, put food on the table. And, you know, so this is why I want to have people businesses. And my goal is to get to 10,000 people within 10 years. Uh, we're at like 500-ish or so, you know, aiming to to get to 1,000 by the end of the year. So... Yeah, this was like, you know, with with this process of, you know, the the positive thing, the positive side effect of my wife going through this, um, you know, kind of always look, if you change the way you look at things, if things look at change, that's the gift that came out of this, like, you know, my early midlife crisis, kind of figuring out like, what do I really want out of life? Yeah. And so did you have conversations with your wife to say like, hey, um, this is the revelation that's occurring for me, you know, these are the new ideas. And did you guys get on the same page to, you know, both, both have your personal life and your professional life, you know, aligned or how did you? So it's actually, um, the original managing happiness was how to apply business principles to family life. And the idea came when I came home from a long meeting about the roles and responsibilities at Max CDN. And I was sitting on the couch and my daughter had a full diaper and um, I point this out to my wife, like, hey, honey, look, Emma has a full diaper. And my wife got really upset because she thought I'm telling her to change the diaper, which was not my intention. So like being tired, sitting on the couch, making an observation. And I thought like, why do we fight about this? Like, uh, you know, she changed the diaper most of the time because she's home with the kid and, you know, I'm happy to do it as well. But I wasn't clear, it wasn't clear to me that at 8 p.m. on a Wednesday, it's my turn to do this. And then I thought like, hey, we never talked about the roles and responsibilities in our, in our, in our private life. Let's sit down the next day and do this like we do in the business, you know? And we wrote down what I expect of her and what does she expect of me? And this took away 80% of all the friction we ever had because it was just like clearly communicated what does she expect of me and, and vice versa. And then I thought like, hey, if this works so great, maybe we take other aspects from business and apply it to our personal life, like having family core values, having ambition and vision, having a shared calendar, having like a to-do system, you know, like all these things. And this um, worked so phenomenally well for us that I want to, you know, share this with others. And um, 
now the next iteration of managing happiness is helping entrepreneurs and A players in business to figure out their core values um, and the different roles that they have in their life, which is like the self, how to take defining a vision and a mission and goals for your for yourself. Then for you as the professional, same, you know, goals, vision, and mission. And then also for your family, like how do you want to show up as a professional? How do you want to show up for yourself? How do you want to show up for your family or for your community? And um, yeah, so this is like the, the next iteration of this, which I started applying or teaching the leadership teams of my businesses because I want them to be on their personal A game because, you know, if they're um, personally on the A game, this also reflects on, on the business. So yeah, this is like my my passion project. So my professional vision is to be a change agent who's transforming the lives of individuals and organizations so they can reach their full potential. And this is like, you know, what 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 makes me very happy. So yeah. And so have you also seen like um if I'm having like beliefs that are unhealthy about myself and they impact my home, will they also impact work and you know my career and everything like that are you seeing that within your relationship sure how you do one thing is how do everything i think it's a buddhist saying but i think it's like you know spot on and that's also when i hire a partner when i start working with partners i kind of i watch them like very closely how do they treat the waiter at the restaurant you know if they sloppy in this area of their life they're going to be sloppy in business as well you know how your uh, room looks or like how tidy your desk is or your car is a reflection of like how you operate you know and so being being very mindful of that w- with others and also in myself, you know? Yeah. That was something that I did not connect the dots with, uh, before I had started healing and I was like, ah, it's just at home. There's a problem. <laughs> it's like you, you start seeing it pop up at work as well though. Um, so do you find as far as you were talking about core values and, um, that being uh, a tenant of managing happiness, is it best to set those core values for myself and then look at the other areas of like where I appear as, you know, a husband at business? Is it, is it better to start with myself or with those other areas first? So I personally think the core values apply to you holistically, you know, in your, in your, in your work and your personal life um, and um, uh, with, with your family, you know, cause it's, it's just, they reflect who you are and 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 who you want to be. And uh, the core values that I have in all of my businesses are very similar to the ones that I have for me personally. You know, because it's yeah, that makes sense. Well, as you've gone through the, your journey, you know, like moving to the U.S., then moving to Turkey, going through, um, you know, your wife having breast cancer, and then bringing, um, you know, the business everything home as well, the roles and responsibilities, what have been like um, tools that you've been able to implement both to help you grow and to, to expand and then to bring that to others? Um, I mean, one tool, very universal tool is just using a habit tracker, you know, cause I'm a big believer that your habits determine everything in your life. If you're rich or poor, happy or unhappy, obese or in shape, it all boils down to which habits you cultivate. So I'm like a, a total habit nerd. And actually with uh, this part of managing happiness that you pick out the three key habits, the three keystone habits that you need to be in your A game. So key habits for me is like sweat every day because we're not made to sit around. And if I sweat every day, like I just feel so much better. 
um, better mood, more productive, etc. Second one is planning the day. Um, literally plan the next day and I always circle the frog like the tasks that I would usually procrastinate on that I don't want to do and doing this first. So these are the three key habits. The other habits are also important, but it's like, you know, the the, the, the staple, you know. Um, and I have one other habit, which is the canary in the coal mine for me. Um, for, you know, like canary in the coal mine is like the miners back in the days took always took like a canary in the cage down. And if there was not enough oxygen, the canary you know, becomes unconscious first and then the guys know, okay, we got to get out of here. And for me, this um, inbox zero, if I'm not reaching inbox zero, meaning cleaning out all my emails every day, I know I'm overwhelmed. If, you know, it's like for 10 days in a row, no inbox zero has been reached. I know I have to take stuff off. My, or I want to take stuff off my plate and delegate it or like not overcommit because otherwise all the other things will suffer. My personal life will suffer. I will not work out anymore. I will, you know, because like work always kind of, overpowers most things this is also why i have managing happiness or i've built this because i used to be a total workaholic working just like only working like one trick pony like super focused on um work and my family life has been been suffering because of this right and so for example another habit that i have is spent quality time with emma which is my darling spent quality time with yoda which is my wife and I have this in my habit tracker. And people think like, oh, that's, you know, that's isn't that sad that you have to put this in there? It's like, I just know myself, you know, and this is like a crutch that I have to make sure I actually do this, you know, or when I do my weekly planning, I think about like different areas of my life. Did I plan anything for me? Like, so I can personally grow or for my family to plan some fun stuff for them or some fun stuff with Yoda? Because um, otherwise I just like focus on work, you know? Back in the days, we only went on vacation when my wife said, like, hey, we haven't been anywhere forever. Like, let's do something now. And then knee-jerk reaction, booking something that is going to be probably, like, way more pricey versus if I would have booked it a year in advance or, like, six months in advance. A lot of projects will go go down south because I, you know, um, because I have to hand stuff off or, like, abruptly stop stuff, you know. But now being just more planned, like, no, okay. Go to take X trips per year and we're just gonna plan them out in advance and then it's like way smooth, smoother sailing. And I actually do it, you know, because it's it's the time is blocked, you know. So um just you know, I know I I have this work bug that I always you know focus on work a lot, and I need these crutches that you mentioned. And these are crutches that help me to to be the person that I want to be, you know, because um yeah and protect me from myself. Or for example, I use Calendly, which is a tool that we can can book, other people can book in your calendar appointments. And um, I only do Calendly because if you ask me like, hey, can we do a call at whatever time, like 3 a.m. my time, it's like, sure. Like something's broken in my head, you know, like business related or I'd override family time. of like family time blocked out of my calendar. If you're like, hey, can you do a call then? I was like, yeah, sure. And I'll just put it in. But if I just give you my Calendly link, you're just going to book something that's in, in the time that's that's available. You know, so just kind of know yourself and protect yourself from yourself with these with these crutches. Yeah, you absolutely have to plan for that or otherwise the whole calendar fills up and then it's like, where do I put in family time? Yep. No, there's definite wisdom in that. What would be a couple books that you would say have been instrumental for you? I love asking people what are, and I also want to hear from you, what are the three books that had the biggest impact in your life? I always ask this when I hire people because I, I saw what are the three books that had the biggest impact and what's the last book that you've read? Because um, this is, tells me if people are in a growth mindset, you know, and if you're not in a growth mindset, then I don't want you on my team, you know, because like right. very different uh, and different, different values. Um, so 
Napoleon Hill books have been very instrumental for me. Um, he wrote Think and Grow Rich, which was the first one that I read. And then I read um, Outwitting the Devil by him, which where he interviews the devil, asks the devil, what is the devil doing to make us not reach our goals? Um, and one of the key tools of the devil is fear, you know, which like, you know, relates uh, into, um, you know, big aha moment because I was always like on this love, not fear thing. Um, then the four agreements, which talks about the agreements that you make with yourself. Um, yeah, it was also very instrumental in, in, in business sense, um, traction, get a grip on your business by Gina Wickman, which is like an organization development book, which helps me to just like optimize, uh, businesses and was like a big aha mode for me as well. I could I, actually, one early book was the alchemist by Paulo Coelho, uh, uh, which, uh, yeah, it's, um, about, you know, kind of finding this, this sense, sense of life, uh, um, the surrender experiment was was really good. I forgot his first name. Uh, singer. Um, it's like basically surrender to the things that life life gives you. I could go on. I'm, I'm a total book nerd. I've on my Audible. I have 300 plus books. You know, so it's a. <laughs> so what, what, I consume what, mostly as well. It's like it's on Audible. Uh, so yeah. So what's what's the book that had the biggest impact in your life? It would probably be one of the first books that I implemented. It was Boundaries. Um, because it, it tells you, Hey, it's okay to have boundaries in your life to protect yourself. It's almost like if you think about corrals, you know, for horses, mm -hmm. um, it keeps things in, but it also protects you. And so for the, the upbringing that I had with, you know, my parents, um, my mom was, was very manipulative. Well, it, it, in essence, gave me the understanding and permission to say, no, mom, that's, that's not going to happen. Just like you're talking about your calendar and saying, no, this is happening here. That was very much the, the first book that, that gave me permission to see my life differently than I had been brought up and with those, those beliefs. So yeah, boundaries is like a core book for me. <laughs> I haven't read this, um, but I'll, I'll, I know it down. See if it's, it's probably on all of this well, right? It is. It's uh, Dr. Henry Cloud. I'm like, I'm happy to gift it to you. So <laughs> you let me know. Thank, thank, thank you very much. I, I already um, bought an audible. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. <laughs> well, David, I wanted to say thank you very much for joining me and sharing your journey and, and sharing the tips with us as well. Um, you know, like how you've, you've grown in life and how you've set time aside and protected that. Um, how can people reach out to you outside of the podcast, you know, to, to find out about your businesses and, um, and as far as, uh, managing happiness, just what you have going on, how can people connect with you? So in terms of, um, businesses, you can go to hensel.com, H-E-N-Z-L.com. Um, and you'll see a list of my businesses and, um, how we solve.com is a podcast that I have and also the umbrella company for, for my businesses. And managinghappiness.com, which is my my passion project, my course. Um, if you want to be on your A game, figure out your personal mission, vision, values, and you know, getting on top of your game in terms of your habits, join us. Um, it's a lot of fun and, and very impactful. Um, and I'm on all social media channels. If you uh, reach out to me, uh, just you know, feel free to connect. But please put in that you heard me on Mike's podcast. So I accept it because I get a lot of spam as well. So I don't accept everybody. But if you give this context, then you know, I'm happy to to chat and see how I can provide value to you. Yeah, we definitely get a lot of spam in social media. So 
Well, David, thank you very much, my friend. I appreciate your time and your insight. And uh, thank you so much. Likewise. Thank you for having me, Mike. Thanks so much, my friend, for joining me on another episode. If you found the information within the show helpful, please leave a review on the platform you're listening to. It helps raise the show's visibility so other men can join us in breaking free. See you on the next episode. And remember to continue putting yourself out there. Have a great one.